Hi, this is Garrett Abeda. And I am Garrett Shelp. We're two pastors in Flagstaff, Arizona. And our job puts us in an environment where we get to meet people all the time. And with all that dialogue and conversation going on around us, we just feel like you can't put a price on a great conversation. This is People in the Pews. She jumped a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I feel oh. like, uh, remember those jumping jellyfish at California Adventure? <laughs> That's how I felt that thing was coming down. You're so good at doing that. Like what you just did. The, um, the random. Kind of the reference. That random. Ra- Here's the thing. Garrett I don't like that, though, because then no one understands what I'm talking nobody about. Nobody but other than probably your sweet wife and your closest friends and family will ever be able to acknowledge how good you are at thinking on your feet. I think it's just... <laughs> You probably BS you most make, of the time. You make, yeah, you make it look like an art form. You really well, do. You know, I'm faking until I make it. We <laughs> so I'm for sure faking it for anyone that thinks I have it figured out. I know it. It's 100% it. fake. Yeah, and I think that you're not fake. That's what's interesting about you is you're very no, but I am. real. Well, no. Well, we're There's all a lot of pomade in the hair <laughs> well, right we now. Have. I put, you know, a straight cream in my hair. <laughs> nice. As you know. A nice crema. A good equate lotion. <laughs> It's not even like the name brand, it's Equate. No, it has to be the off brand. Like whatever is on sale at Target or Walmart that week. Not a Vino, not Dove. That's Equate. Right. Which Target, interestingly enough, you know, their whole little coupon system they have where you scan the barcode, it helps a lot. They have coupons that. now, huh? Well, it's, a, uh, it's like an online thing where you, you scan oh. it and all that. We just but. got a red card, so I'm looking forward to the free shipping. That's right. Uh, those are conversations that I would have never been excited about pre yeah. nuptials. That's right. I think but before post-nuptial. What's interesting about this conversation is before we press record, our our statement was you can't put a price on a great conversation. And I'm sure. And this is anyone who's hearing this couldn't feel free. more strongly. This, about I mean, that. this is free. We bring this to you without any advertisements. That's right. It's a large operation yes. we have running. <laughs> Brought to you by Palm Wonderful. Yeah. Not and Equate Lotion. And Equate Lotion for when you're lonely and when you're thirsty. Yeah. Equate Palm. Um, Garrett, we both thought podcasting would be so fun and particularly because of the job we're in. Yes. And because you and I always get to meet so many people every weekend. Our church has like 1,100 people that come every weekend in and out we the do. doors. Many different people. And you're sometimes with middle school kids doing small group stuff and like yeah. a, a other churches probably call it like Sunday school kind of experience but it's, it's like a, little a bit. Sunday small group yeah it's more of a small group yeah than anything with um, a lot of donuts right and then you've got sometimes I'm on stage sometimes you're on stage in adult I know we've been trading off kind of every other week right it's been like I go to mom's house and you go to dad's house and then we miss each other <laughs> in the you know oh like it's like, like <laughs> we're separated in our parents divorce that's right it's kind of like that but then we see each other when like we trade parents on the weekends and that analogy makes sense to you and I being yeah, from no, divorce yeah. Which one of our favorite questions meeting to ask, meeting in the driveway? <laughs> one of our favorite questions to ask is, of course, um, how have your parents shaped you? Because well, you can't put a price on a good conversation. You know, I'm going to quote not the late great yet, but the great Jonathan Mayer, John Mayer, and say how much of my mother am I destined to become? Yeah, and how much of my father has my father left in me? Ugh. So I think that kind of answers the question with another question. Is it uh, that's in the blood? 
right? Gary? Yes. We might, we, maybe we should probably listen to that a little bit later that on. That is such a good song. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe you actually got me into that song, and Lindsay and I, like... I love that song. Always listen to it now. I it's, think it makes me think of... Um, other than weeping. Other than also. weeping <laughs> and like eating a jar of peanut butter in my underwear, sobbing, Yeah, listening to that song. It reminds me of... Um, this uh i guess worship conference yeah worship conference that i went to a couple years ago that one in uh, tennessee uh-huh and um what's it called it's called worship together hmm. um it's by this website anyway there was it was a cool thing but one of the talks they gave and i think this is true in writing music writing sermons or teachings or meditations or what have you um whatever your art form is um they say the more specific your writing is the more broad your audience becomes which is opposite of how i think we would think but that like because that john mayer song like obviously his experience is so specific but his story like in some way is more common than like he would ever think and in writing that song people like you and i who do um find themselves in family situations where their parents aren't together anymore um, his like specificity opened in, like opened his audience up more than he would have ever known. Because right. you can, which imagine, is terrifying. Right, you can imagine him walking into a room with his agent or his production team, and he's like, right. "I'm gonna write a song about me venting about am I gonna be more am I gonna be am I gonna, am I gonna become my parents exactly?" And everyone would be like, "Yeah, I just think you should sing yeah, about maybe love. we should sing about girls and like, buffaloes about again. dating and like, breakups. That was great. Those seem to go well." Yeah. <laughs> Like Katy Perry, that was yeah. great. It ended and I right about that, that. On paper, those sound like the worst ideas. I've been in meetings where, or in conversations, I mean, where I am presenting an idea and it is it is too specific. I think in the right. idea phase, it's too specific. But what's interesting is in a, in a production, in a stage environment, it, like what you're saying, that specificity awkwardly and weirdly, I'll get up and tell a story about how I had laser eye surgery. Right. Or I'll get up and tell a story about how my dad named me after a, you know, the sheriff Pat. who shot Billy the Kid, Pat Garrett. Garrett. And because we're both named Garrett and we, we, like we got to get into that. But I love that story. Um, but yeah, like that's so ridiculous because that's so specific. That's only relatable to me. And when I get off a of stage, that's like, one of the few things people remember are those stories. Right. Because like, it reminds me of when I did this. Right. Well, and I think like it almost, and I don't know if it's, sub, it's a subconscious thing, but I feel like sharing those details almost invites someone in. Yes. You know what I mean? And then like, oh, he is interesting because of this little thing, but you know, oh, how cool that he would share that and be a little vulnerable, even yeah. if it's silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that you would let a complete stranger into why... You are the way you are. I don't know. Which, to at least call back a little bit to the premise of this whole thing, you and I meet people all the time, and there is a weird truth of being in, in like, uh, being a pastor at a church. Right. All of the ways that people are pretty much welcomed into our life automatically. Absolutely. Because they heard us sing a song. They Mm -hmm. heard us say something from a stage. Uh, we even teach, well yeah even just being here yeah, we're hanging out with their kids right you know on a weekend or something and then what's interesting is kind of that that's not a two-way street all the time right you know so there it is expected that we're pretty open and transparent and that's not always a two-way street but what i what i know for sure that happens to us and it's worthy of recording on a podcast is all the weird dynamics and stories and 
oh man lessons we get to hear that people have learned the guys that we do funerals for because their wife passed away mm-hmm. um or the people who are like i can't believe this but i just got accepted to the job of my dreams and i'm right. leaving and you know like all the things we hear in just a week it's like i just right. feel like we're sitting on gold and the world needs to well, know the, about it just yeah just the diversity of stories and situations that people we either encounter by accident or people choose to share with us you know what i mean like yeah um you know like you're saying if it wasn't for this job like we would never be with people who were hurting because they've lost their wife of 35 years you know what i mean like that's not a normal thing to encounter no um no just as much as it's not normal to encounter someone who's like hey i am picking this very specific career you know i'm gonna move to egypt and right do agriculture and like uh what's the what were they doing the uh, water botanical like oh um, um hydroponics hydroponics thank yes. you uh-huh. and they're doing all that and they're like oh, we're gonna make a career out of that and we're gonna like bless the bless a community right and you go i don't i just don't i just don't hear that's that's my, not a, that's not a common story that's unique to me because right. i've not read or heard that story yet right. from anyone and mm-hmm. so yeah you just can't put a price on a great conversation and i feel like we keep having great conversations with people so one of those questions that I, I know that I want to ask people in the future on this podcast is how have your parents shaped you? And so Garrett, without yeah. this being our whole time, how would you and I take a stab at answering that question since wow. you mentioned John Mayer and in the blood? Well, you and I will keep these short for the sake of, I was going to say, cause that could be I one will, whole uh, episode. I, I would probably unfortunately speak too long about that. And me as well. Um, I understand. And give many callbacks to Mr. Mayor. Um, well, I think honestly, like it, it is really that song. It's like, I think the fear of, um, what could I become? Maybe I think we, there's a certain point in our life. And if you're a student, you probably understand this better than anybody, but you have a point in which you realize your parents are human and your parents make mistakes and have emotions and, um, are affected by different things. And I think the moment you see their humanity as truly who they are and not as just mom and dad, I think is the moment you, or at least the moment I began to um, see myself in them and really have maybe not a fear, but a caution about, Oh, what if I'm a little bit like them and Mm -hmm. what can I learn from the way that they're handling this? So through the situation of the situation of their divorce i think the biggest lesson i would have learned from that was how how am i going to respond to difficult situations and um i don't know it probably isn't that i would follow their example but how would i learn from their mistakes which is I don't know. Not the pretty answer, but no. I mean, do you remember when there was a time in your life when your parents getting divorced was the whole iceberg? Right. It was, that was the problem. It was. And as you've gotten older, you go, Oh no, that has become like, that was, that was a catalyst to like so many things. But now I'm really, really, I have this unique relationship with my dad. I have this unique relationship with my mom. Right. And they're both very different. And like there was a time where I could just say, "Oh, well, the hard thing I had to deal with is my parents got divorced." Because same thing happened to me. Right. But now, if someone asks me, like, "What what is my relationship with my parents like?" I may mention they got divorced at one point in my past, but the God's honest truth is like, that's like, 
that was just the beginning of what I'm now living right. in with my if relationship. If only with my we could go back and be like, oh, just just wait. Like, right. This is obviously incredibly painful and yeah. hard in the moment, but looking back, it's like, oh, that consumed everything. No, the the similarity that you and I have, you know, our parents were divorced, but now what's interesting is we have a relationship with one of our parents that's fairly healthy and good and strong mm-hmm. and one that isn't. And right. that is different for both of us. And yet the same, a bond that's interestingly brought us very close as friends. Um, but it is, those are just like right. um, the, the parent question. All of us have those moments where we say something where like that sounded just like my dad or oh, that, yes. you know, and so we all are like them in that way. But I think what, what I hear you saying, and I would just, completely agree so we can take this question and move on from it is just simply (laughs) simply say that I don't just want to learn from them and as you've said you really want to observe and go when am I when am I taking a path that is clearly not a path I saw them go down yeah yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's not to be mean because there's no school you go to to make you a good parent no, not at all. And no. there's no, there's nobody who's got it nailed and there's no, and so I give immeasurable grace to both my parents. I also know right. that you and I keep paying for literally and figuratively mm. <laughs> our parents um, in more ways than one. So, and we can talk more about that. My dad right. and your mom and your mom and my dad. Right. And, like yeah. the literal costs. The yeah. Physical yeah. Costs of, all the things. Yeah. Um, so a, a less, uh, crazy question for you and I though, but another question you and I love, we call it the Oprah question oh. because we're just totally stealing it from her. But if there's One a day. woman who's been doing good interviews for the last forever, how many years, 30 years, 20, I don't know what it's been. It's like probably upwards of 30. I would think Which so. Oprah was what? 20 years. Her right. Sh- Oprah show was when 20 you and I years, were kids, I think, right? you know? Yeah. Um, but it's the one she based her book on, you know, what do you know for sure? Uh-huh. Why do you love that question? Um, why do I love it? I think because it cuts through all the crap of what do you think about this? What's your opinion on that? And I think um, you can strip away a lot of the fluff that people present themselves with that I would present myself with. And when I have to answer that question, it's like just my thoughts it's not anything it's not anything about me trying to appease you or tell you what I think you want to hear or what sounds the best but I don't know I think it's just a it's a more pure answer yeah to some of the questions that we may be asking to try to get to that question but really just kind of you know get lost and take detours to it so I have like a practical reason I love it and then kind of the more philosophical like practically I just find myself in situations all the time where I'm trying to get a conversation going with someone yeah, and they're not helping. You know what I mean? Right, and you have to have like a kickstart. Yeah. Almost. Either because they're 12 and they don't really know how to have conversations or, <laughs> or because they are just one of those people you're with and they're just, whether they're nervous or they just don't, they just, they're, they're not, not the, they're not the first to speak. Maybe they're not helping the conversation. Yeah. Right. And so I like having a set of questions in my brain and that Oprah one is so fun yeah. to ask someone to get them thinking and to kind of get them out of their shell and be like, what do you know for sure about your life? What do you know for sure about life? Yeah. What do you know for sure about God? What do you know for sure about you? Right. Like those are just, that's just fun because like you said, it, it, it's, it, 
it takes everything to an irreducible level. Well, and it really makes someone think. Like, I think yes. we asked someone the other day this question at lunch. Yes, And she genuinely, she was like, I... I don't know. Yes. And I, I think I wish that could have been an episode. <laughs> right. No, seriously <laughs> yeah. though. Like it was a good one. Yeah. I think she eventually came up with something. Yeah. Um, but she really had to think about it. And I think it's, it's hard to brush that question off with just yeah. a simple answer. Yeah. It, I it's think, not a simple question, you know? Yeah. I think practically for anyone engaging in the podcast, it's like one thing you can be better at from listening to this is just how to ask good questions and yeah. how to like help a conversation go from, Hey, I'm really trying to just get to know you and I'm just whatever to, I'm really going to connect with a human being. Right. And want um, and genuinely want to know about you. Yes. Instead of just give me some facts. Right. Cause we're starving for it. I mean like we're yeah. starving for connection. If you've ever had, if you've ever tried to say something to somebody in a text message, you know, and try to convey truth, emotion, meaning, it doesn't intonation. Work. Yeah. And you and I've done that a lot. We've said very meaningful things to each other in a text but it is always so much better to do it. We're just starving for it. So, and I think the philosophical yeah. reason I like that question is because it does, you know what I like is, especially in the world of religion, mm. there's the answer you should give. There's yeah. the answer you think you need to give. There's the answer you feel like is right, quote unquote. Right. But then there's the answer you really believe. Right, which is really like in your head. Which I find so fascinating. There. One of the places that I see that as a glaring truth in the Christian world is what you ask somebody what they believe about God and the afterlife mm -hmm. and then ask them that same question at their dad's funeral. Right. And see how different the answer is. Yes. Because it it's so, it's one thing to be like, yeah, it's what I think happens when we die. This is what I think right. God is like. Blah, blah, blah. And or then you experience a situation which uh -huh. forces you to actually answer the question. Uh -huh. yeah. And it's usually different. Exactly. And I think hopefully that question helps you sort that out a little sooner. So that's fun. Yeah. What's another one of your favorite questions, Garrett? Oh, man. Well, I have to ask you one now because I really butchered my answer no. to the question you asked me. No, so you're great. Um, We're just having fun. This episode one, you know, just having fun. Let's see. All right. You asked me a hard-hitting one, so I'll, I'll ask you my favorite hard-hitting hard one. What's one <laughs> hard lesson that you've had to learn? Or uh, are learning, maybe. Yeah. Or want to learn. I don't know. Maybe either one of those. Yeah, I think, I think it's that I am not the best at being with the same like group of friends over a long period of time. I think my personality bent is I love the new things. Mm. I can shift and change um, all the time. And mm -hmm. even like the Enneagram stuff we've been talking about, like yeah. finding out that I'm actually a seven. I thought I was a two. I'm actually a seven. And one of the things, I knew I was a seven when I read a part of the book that said, which the book was, um, what is it called? It's uh, The Road Back the to Road You. The Road Back to You. Road Back to You, which By we got. By Ian Crone. Yes. It's a very good book. It was really good. Recommend it. And what I appreciated was he writes it from the negative angle of like, I'm not going to describe what your personality type looks like right. on a good day. I want to describe how you are the negative way. Right. Because that's the one you're really more familiar with than you are the positive, which that angle as an author was brilliant. Well, because it like, it, yeah, it stripped away the crap again. It was like, Stri yeah. 
I get it. You're a great person. Here's what's happening. Like in the yeah. real you, when you're alone, you, you paint a picture of like what you want yourself to be like, and everyone's gonna be like, Oh, that's great. Wow. He's so spiritual. Like, no, you, you, that's not who you really are. So right. when I read in mind that one of the things that people will say of me is that they feel like they feel abandoned by me. But that's and but that, that's interesting because that connects to the two thing that you were kind of interested in the yep, helper yep. with being around people. So that's yes. so here's the difference between a two and a seven. A two really, really will not let that happen. A okay. two will not let people feel abandoned. A two will really strive. A seven will just be like oh and keep going forward. Like whoops, interesting. And so I have friends from college that I know. Um, probably have some hard feelings towards me because I, as I moved back home and then moved up here to Flagstaff and just kind of started life, lived my life life, and met guys like you where you're my best man at my wedding. But there was a couple guys who probably thought that they might've been that. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's difficult for me is to go, I just really, I'm really present. I like to really be present where I'm like to be. That's how I've tried to spin it. Yeah. But the truth is I don't, I'm, I, I need to be good at, not making my closest like people in my life feel abandoned. Mm-hmm. That was really painful to hear. I didn't like hearing that. Yeah. Um, That's because, a really hard because lesson. it cut, it was a wound I knew was there and I've been, I've been spinning positively for the last 10 years mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't want to face that. Right. Um, but my fear is that I've even may have done that to you or someone else that I know really close because um, the truth is I care deeply about like you, for example, or someone else. Right. Someone um, who's in that like inner sanctum. Oh yeah. Circle. Closer, closer friends, you right. know? And, but I'm enamored with meeting new people. Right. And I love, like, I love being able to do a million different things socially. Well, and, and even just the thought of like being connected to right. that new You person, married a seven. I did. <laughs> Your wife, Maggie's a seven. She is a sweet seven. Yes. It's, and, it's God's number. So, and I know. think she seems to me like she's figured it out because she has her, close knit circle of friends. She, yes, she has a very good group of girls around her. I need to like figure out how to do that. Um, She's really good at it. I try to learn from that. Yeah. I'm, I don't really know. I'd rather just like throw someone off a cliff and forget about it. Yeah. So, well, and again, and I think also, let me say not to be so critical of my own self, but like I have had friends in the past that they were great friends, but emotionally unstable. So I think the other thing, another hard lesson I've had to learn is, Picking friends isn't a you don't get to pick how they are, but there is a truth to like, hey, that is going to bite you in the butt, right? If and being if able you to know, speak that if you know from the get go they are emotionally not well, mm-hmm. you're going to pay for that at some point. Absolutely. So, um, you're not like that, and so well, you're like once my, again faking it. Yeah, so. you're like my best friend. So, <laughs> uh, but I mean that, Garrett. Like, I mean, I mean this podcast are not like to you. I mean this, but I also mean it like. Um, it's been a hard lesson for me to like admit that I, yeah, that I think that there have been times I've made people feel abandoned and it's mainly because I'm chasing after some high of meeting a new person or interesting. I, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, it does. I've done that to people. So that's been a hard lesson I've had to learn. Yeah. Good question. Why do you like that question? Um, because I think it forces people to be it forces them to show their humanity because it's not one thing that like yeah um learning lessons is hard you know you you don't want to admit that you don't know something mm-hmm. as you know a person who you know may be 
I'm, I'm saying this wrong. I'm start over. Um, you just as a person, you don't want to admit that you don't know something. And I think yes. having to admit that you've had to mess up a lot and learn something through that is really difficult, but yes. so freeing when you realize the gift that it was to actually learn that yes. through the situation. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think it, it forces someone to also like, like, again, just really think about it. I heard a podcast one time by Pete Holmes on his, like you made it weird podcast. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed of all people, Louis Anderson. Oh, so interesting. he interviews all sorts of comedians and stuff. Yeah. And Louis Anderson's on the show. And I'll never forget. I remember clicking on it thinking, I'm going to give this five minutes. Like Before it just, it just didn't just even sound ridiculous. interesting to me. Yeah. And I, it was an hour and a half long. And I heard, I listened to the whole thing. Louis Anderson, talks about his struggles and his hard lessons and his whole life is basically one hard lesson after the other. Hmm. And the entire episode is like a focus on that question yeah, and how he answers. And like Louis Anderson, despite some of the horrendous things he's done and been through, he like how he's turned out and and his positivity and like, Oh man, it was so fun. Well, I highly like, recommend yeah, it. Yeah, like the person he became through all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So hmm. um, one of the other f- questions I like, let's see. Oh, man. I do like the question, why have you chosen the path you're on? Um, oh. And that might have to do with career or life choices. Like, yeah. why did you marry this person? Why did you yeah. move here? Or it could be religion. It mm-hmm. could be why have you chosen to be in that religion, that belief system? Right. Um, you feel called to something, you feel passionate, some cause, you know, mm-hmm. that's fun to ask people. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel though, like I don't want to ask the question, what are you passionate about? And here's why I am. Yes. I, I remember, you, but I want to know your explanation. Well, I remember listening to a, another podcast with Elizabeth Gilbert as the oh, guest. I like her. And she's interesting because she said that, and it was like her book, she was referencing her book, big magic and she was like, I just feel like that question is really setting people up for failure. Hmm. Because what happens when you don't feel passionate about something? Are you oh, useless? Yes. Do you have no purpose in life? What's your point? Because how often, passionate. Here's, a, here's a God's honest truth. How often have I really always felt passionate about something? Oh, wow. That's an, odd, that's an honest question. Right. <laughs> and I think that if that's how you're shaping the decisions you make your life in, that's not help. That's not actually a good, like good advice. Right. But how many people, I'm sorry, millennials were one of you, but how many of us <laughs> make our decisions like that? You know, like, Oh, well, I wanted to tour. Europe. It takes nine months to yeah. decide what you want to eat for dinner. If you want to be passionate about uh-huh. every single yeah. pasta that you're well, eating, actually, you know? that's exactly what's happening. If you think about it, like fast food isn't sexy anymore, which no. I get it. It isn't healthy for us. And I will be the first to say, like, yeah, let's work for a day yeah, where it's not the best. But either fast food is healthier or we don't have it. But on the right. other side of that, like, just because I can't be passionate about it doesn't mean. Sometimes I'm going to have a Subway yeah. sandwich. It also serves people. Yeah. And we're also lying because, like, Jim Gaffigan. We enjoy it. Like, Jim Gaffigan says, uh, they sell like 90 billion hamburgers a year. Yeah. Somebody's lying. Someone's buying these You know, things. like, we're, we're still going. So I think. I don't want to ask the question, what are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. Because I think that makes you feel like you need to be a certain kind of person to be good at what you do. To have these certain qualities. Right. And I, something I have always felt bad about is like my natural personality as a seven is to be this extroverted kind of, you know, go, go get puppy. And I think the, the subtle message people might hear in that is you need to be like Garrett. You need to be like that to be successful. Yeah. And I do not believe in that. And I'm not just saying that to be like 
false humble. I mean truly that that is t- a total lie. That right. that's I don't that's not me being great. I that's just the way I'm wired. Right. That's you trying your best. Yeah, I'm just yeah. lucky. I'm just lucky that that worked out. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I've had to work through that I'm also disorganized and that I'm and I've had to like right work with, I, with all the glitz and the glam. Yeah, I can't have lessons. the same job for seven years. Um, and base it on like, my luck, you know, yeah. that'll get you a job for two years. Right. But you won't keep your job, job longer you stay at is, if you can't work mm-hmm. through the negative sides of what you are. So I, yeah. I think if, if someone's out there and we want, and we get to have a conversation with them, I don't want to say, what are you passionate about? Why'd you pick your you know career or life? I want to ask, why'd you choose this path you're on? Mm-hmm. Because if it's like, what are you passionate about? Or it just... Yeah. It's it's almost it's I'm starting to feel it's a little fake. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's it's too fluffy. Yeah. It's too much mixed up in that. I agree. Yeah, man. Yeah. What do you what do you most hope to get out of doing this podcast? Yeah. Like for you, obviously it's fun to be able to share stories of really interesting people, but what do you hope to get out of this? It just sounds like a good idea. I mean, yeah. you and I have talked about doing it for a while and it just sounds fun and you know, like we just have access to so many people Uh and why not? Yeah. So for me, I'm curious. I'm curious to see where this will go. And I don't necessarily just mean whether the podcast will be successful or people. We have a million listeners Um, because if the only people that listen in are a couple of our friends from this, great. But I think more importantly, and I would be excited yeah. if it went well. Like totally. if all of a sudden there was a lot of people listening, like this is awesome. Right. Let's um, keep doing this. I'm not going to be the guy who's like, I don't care about the numbers. Right. You know, I don't care about success. Like, well, right. you're, you're, lying. you're a liar. So <laughs> yeah. Um, I think what I, but I'm genuinely just curious and fascinated by, mm-hmm. I think I've had too many coffee dates, too many lunches with, with you and with myriads of people yeah. where the next logical statement of my brain was if only we'd had a microphone. Right. If or if only, only you could tell this story to more people. Oh my yeah. gosh. If only yeah. 10 more people could have been here. Yeah. Because somehow it, it, it was so sustaining and, and you can't put a price on a great conversation. Like no. it's something else. It's like you break down a weird barrier we all live in every day. And all of a sudden you're, you feel not just connected, but you feel like you're free. You're flowing yeah. with something that's a, a, a flow throughout it all. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. So I don't know if that, that was a little existential, what I just no. said, or a little religious. It's but meta. I like it. What do you hope to do and have done with this podcast? I think, um, yeah, because I was thinking, I got out this morning and was thinking about that. I was like, why are we doing this? Because my first answer was, oh, it's going to be a blast. And I think that's... Yeah. A huge reason, because I do... And you and I are suckers for a good time. I know. I was like, <laughs> well, that's fine. Put a microphone in front of me. That's... Yes. I like and that. And a big shout out to our wives, who have that's always right. been such huge supporters of us doing this. We love you so They're much. They're like, oh, we're glad that you have such free time in and your life. if this takes off, yeah. uh, I suppose in 10 years we can say, I told you so. I don't that's know. Right. I know yeah. you're not supposed to do that, but... I just marriage, love that. But... They, what, what's great is they've kind of found community with each other. Yes. Inventing it's, about it's, how stupid it it's is. It's brought that, them together. Oh, it has. And I think if that's what it's worth... If that's what it's worth, then, you know, that's great. You know, I just... It is. I get their angst, but I think, like, we're not... We are very busy. And right. the thing is, this is like, if this works, it's a hobby. Yes. It, this is something that, like, today I woke up excited to do this. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to go home and like make a model airplane or 
paint a civil war reenactment <laughs> set like i don't know i don't like i enjoy being outside and i right. like reading books and watching tv yeah, like, I, like, I don't I, have a hobby i like talking to that. people yeah, yeah i really like people yes and so to answer your question i think um it's primarily selfishly i think to get better at telling stories because ah. i do like telling stories so much and i think in probably just the past couple of months um through a couple uh talks that i've given sermons and even having to like write speeches for this class that I'm in right now. Um, I think the more I realize I'd really like telling a good story. Mm. And I think the only way to do that is not only to do it and to tell stories, but to listen to good storytellers. And I think throughout this podcast, whatever it looks like, we're going to have a lot of good storytellers and a lot of interesting stories. So, yeah. Yeah. I I know that we both hope that if people hear this, that they just realize, um, what's around them, like all the people and stories that are around them. And you're not, not everyone's going to be like us where their job is so social, Uh but I feel obligated at some level to like, well, let's do something with this because if you, especially if you are a pastor and you hear this, like think of all the potential that's around you and sure you may not be an extrovert, but like do something to go meet more people in your church. And it's all those people you and I take for granted. I oh, see them the people every that are weekend. here every single weekend. Yep, see them every weekend. Yeah. And I never break the fourth wall. I never break the, you know, the theater, the idea of the, the, right. well, the separation to church. between uh-huh. the performance and the audience. There's yeah. that invisible barrier. And like to push through and go, hey, tell me about like how you're doing yeah. since this happened. Mm-hmm. And and really make, like, I think it's funny to watch people's reactions when they, they can't believe that you asked that question. They don't know what to do. Yeah. No, not at all. And it's so fun to watch their guard go down and like, what mm-hmm. if what if we could do that? So yeah. we're going to try. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think, this is the last thing I'll say about that. I think um, the other week uh, we were doing our, our, our uh, rooted study and we did the, the strongholds. Oh, like our little small group thing. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing that and we had this night where we all came together and shared situations, struggles, things, all that stuff in like the least cheesy way. And I really appreciated it. And I think, and I hope everyone else did there as well. But I think um, the power in that is not that it gives you dirt or leverage over someone because you know what their struggles are. But I think if you choose to use it in the best way that it's intended to, it really, it gives me like so much more grace and understanding for that person. Because the next time I, I mean, next time I see Fred at church, I know that he is, you know, maybe he looks a little bit down. And I, the first reaction is not, oh, he's like really pissy today. What's wrong with him? It's, oh, I wonder if he had to deal with that again. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, just the honesty that that brings is tremendous and really difficult because that person has to be willing to share that. But you also have to be willing to also consider that above anything else. You know, mm-hmm. like when you walk in the office, I don't say, oh, Garrett's probably mad at me. It's, yep. oh, I bet you he had to have a conversation last night that didn't go so well. Yep. And yep. if you so use guilty. that, I'm and if you so use that wisely, that. like, yeah, man, that whether you believe in Christ, the church, any religion, any whatever, religion. Yeah. that makes you a genuinely better person, oh, no man. matter how you cut it. Yeah, because we lit, we are all obsessed with labeling people and things, and not giving the benefit of the doubt. We are obsessed with. I mean, especially the world of social media, it's like, right. You, well, I'm going to make this statement and then eight people chime in on the comments mm-hmm. and go, 
you know, I can't believe you're for this. I can't believe, and yet we are obsessed with villainizing people today. Mm-hmm. We are obsessed with, because we separate. It's all of this. It's why we're craving for connection. Yeah. We are always labeling someone left or right. You're mm-hmm. this religion, you're that religion. And these moments are humanizing each other again. Right. These moments where I go, I didn't realize what you were going through. I didn't realize what you'd been through. I didn't realize how this shaped your life. Yeah. And even if you still find yourself fundamentally disagreeing with someone, mm-hmm. you can still go, they were, they are a human. They right. are a person like me that was on a, a journey and that shaped them. And now they think this. Right. And if you can't do that, I, I, this might be an irrational thing to say, but if you can't do that, you're ill fit to be a leader. Right. You are ill fit to lead as a politician. You're ill fit to lead as a religious person. You're ill fit to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you look at a human and and dismiss yes, all of that? You cannot do that. Mm-mm. It's it's unfair because it's like if someone did that to you, you would cry out injustice so loud. Oh. Uh, you would yeah. cry out like don't label me, don't and in the next right. minute all you do to that per- I mean, I see this happening two ways and both ways it's like now this, you know, everyone hates Trump and it's like, so now anyone who likes him, how do you treat them? Horribly. Horribly. Right. And vice versa. Because the, it, it they represent the him. Too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So it's like, I'm progressive. I'm, I'm enlightened and I'm trying to get people to not be in that backwards world. Yeah. And so then what do I do? I'm a bigot towards. I turn around and do Someone it who's. Towards and I just, just think the that wrong party, quote unquote. It's defeating your own message, yeah. you know? So don't get me wrong. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> in any way justifying right. anything that our sweet Donald is doing. I'm just trying to come to a place where I go, can we humanize everyone, even him? Right. Can we can humanize Can we get to a level all? where we actually see him as a person? Correct. Not as just this machine. Correct. Yeah. Because according to our, you know, Christians, you know, in the Bible, we're supposed to pray for, you know, pray for our leaders and our enemies. Yeah. So um, I wonder who's doing that other than right. who the people who voted for him. So, um, anyways, all that, that was a tangent. Garrett, that is it. I mean, that, what you just said is so stinking good. Like humanizing people Mm -hmm. and, and really going, I can't look at them the same way anymore. No, I can't. And like, that's the money. Yeah. And it's like not, it's a gift, but it's also a burden because then you, for someone who feels maybe a little bit deeper, um, you like, you don't Mm -hmm. carry around their pain, but you are forced to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And that just... Man, that that rocks your world a little bit, man. You're getting biblical. I don't know about that, but well, um, let's give this a shot. Our next episode will have our first guest on it. Our first guest. We're very excited. I think uh, it is what what's something weekly we could we could end on. Is there (laughs) a a quote or a benediction? Maybe you could do this week. I could do next week. I don't. You know what I mean? Like I like where you're going. Just something that the last word we could. You've always said who has the last word. Maybe you take the last word today. Kind of close us out, and then. We'll listen to some good tunes after this, hopefully. I think wherever you find yourself, let's all strive to see people as actual people. Mm. And the blessing that we can take with us is that right now where you are, as you are, you're good enough. You have a story. You have a journey. Mm. You are valuable no matter how what mood you're in, no matter what someone said to you a minute ago Mm. or last night or whatever. You are a miracle and a mixture of chemistry and biology and physics and chance and God and all of it in you. Mm. 
Hmm. And that the blessing is not just that you are good and you are loved and you are everything you need to be, but the real, the real juice is that when you believe that you overflow and pour that out to everyone around you. Mm. And so let's all strive to be really, really human with each other because when you lose your humanity, when you call someone something and you make them a monster, your ex, you know, right. whatever that may be. Yeah, you're whatever. You you label someone my former employer, hmm. my uh-huh. whatever, and you have this angst. You've you've given them a title because you can't call them what they really are, mm-hmm. which is their name. Yeah, a person. Oof. So let's be human. Let's strive to not let any labels or beliefs get in the way of seeing people as really people mm. and let that overflow may that overflow like into our lives and everything we do and to see people for what they really are, which is good. Mm. That's a good last word. There's our last word for this week. Amen. You'll get the next one. Wonderful. Glorious. Well, we'll see you all next week. Absolutely.